0: And so, you know, brands follow people. You know, the next biggest generation of consumers, those coming through, have just adopted a different attitude or a different way to involve themselves with with the internet. And, you know, they will come through and they will be the big spenders of the future. And and so, you know, brands will have to follow and have to react. And so, it's, you know, we're in a point now where it's early on, but I think there's fundamental structural change happening. We can't pretend that this is a blip or, or a kind of short-term frenzy. There is just a, an absolute paradigm shift that has happened.
1: Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well and having a good week as always. Uh, So I've got a brilliant episode for you this week with Nicholas Pringle, who is the Senior Vice President, Executive Creative Director at RGA London. Now, RGA are a global innovation brand who've won multiple awards and whose clients include Nike, Google, Reddit, Samsung, Verizon, and more. In this episode, we talk about the different ways to enter the metaverse as both an established brand or as a new potentially metaverse first brand as well. Uh, And there was really no one better than Nick to talk about this stuff. With his advice, is absolute gold, and there's some amazing value in this episode. So I've got no doubt you're going to really enjoy this one. Nick is awesome at explaining this world clearly, and equally brilliant at thinking differently about this new frontier of the metaverse, as well as just being a very lovely guy. So thank you very much, Nick, for coming on the show. This podcast is sponsored by the awesome Every Realm, who are a leader in metaverse innovation, investments, and NFTs. They are among the largest owners of digital real estate NFTs in Decentraland. The Sandbox and Axie Infinity, to name just a few. Uh, they also recently dropped their collection of GFTs in partnership with Atari, one of the world's most iconic brands. It's a collection designed for gifting, or of course you could keep your GFT for yourself. Uh, they also recently produced the first ever Metaverse Fashion Week event, uh, with some of the exclusive pieces available to buy. A pretty cool piece of history in the space. I'll link all the details in the show notes if you want to check that out, and make sure you head to everyrealm.com and follow on Twitter at everyrealm, uh, where you'll find a link to their Discord too. All those links will be in the show notes, as I say, so you can easily click through. And finally, as always, nothing in this podcast is financial or investment advice. Always do your own research. And with that said, let's dive into this week's episode. Nick, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much for doing this.
0: Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I can't believe, think I've been listening to it right from the start. So um, yeah, it's great, it's great to be on here. And I'm um, waiting for you now to tokenize yourself, by the way, so I can become a true super fan.
1: <laughs> love that. Yeah, that should be uh, the next step. I'll have a think about that. Um, no, great to have you on. And in this episode, we're going to uh, chat all about brands entering the metaverse. And we've we've seen numerous major brands enter this space in various different ways. Some have done it really well, some less so as well. And then we've also seen completely new sort of metaverse first uh, brands and projects being born in this time as well, some of which will, will no doubt be major winners. But before we get into uh, all of that, uh, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about uh, RGA as an award-winning agency, your role there and some of the awesome work you've done with uh, major global brands.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, my company's called RJA, and we're a global innovation brand really. And we help um, companies with uh, innovation projects, understanding new technology, emerging technology. Uh, We've actually been going for quite some time now, started in the seventies, back in 1977. Bob Greenberg and his brother started the business and they started in kind of creating film titles, interestingly, Uh, so they did like Aliens, uh, Ghostbusters, Superman. And there's a lot of technology required to kind of innovate in those titles. And then they carried on that theme of innovation throughout the rest kind of the next, I guess it's almost like 45 years years now, and through the dot-com boom, uh, through kind of the interactive world where Flash was everything. Helped a lot of companies who are now the big Web 2 brands um, come into kind of into fruition and out into the world. So yeah, constantly been in that kind of innovation innovation space. And we work with some really big established brands like Nike, Google, Reddit, Samsung. Uh, we also work with a bunch of fashion brands right now with Moncler and Stone Island. But we've worked with a few of the LVMH brands over the years. And then also with sort of small up-and-coming startup brands. So Volpac is a brand in the UK that we work with so kind of real variation but all in this kind of innovation uh, technology space
1: yeah very cool and a yeah cool history as well with uh, loads of amazing people that you've worked with so it'll be great to get your view on all this stuff that's that's happening now and you were also early uh, sort of in, in the move into this into the metaverse as well particularly with the verizon Fortnite super bowl campaign i wondered if you could tell us a little bit about that specifically because that's uh, looked looked like a really cool project
0: yeah, we've got a great team out in the States who uh, brought that together. And um, I think you remember, like a year ago, everyone was in lockdown and um, the Super Bowl was or wasn't going to happen and ultimately wasn't going to happen. And so um, we decided to partner with Verizon and with Momentum and a couple of really great builders called Beyond Creative to reimagine the Super Bowl Stadium in Fortnite. So we created a map there. And it's kind of a wild, crazy build. I don't know if you've got a chance to go see it, but a huge, kind of comprehensive build. And you go in there and whole series of kind of football related games that you could play. That space and uh, end up with sort of forty million visitors to go and see that, which kind of gives you a taste of where the world's going and how things work. You know, the most visited Super Bowl ever, but also we kind of combined streamers with NFL players, and they went in and competed and um, used the space. So yeah, it was a big activation, big move into uh, Fortnite, and we actually previously done another kind of big piece with um, Samsung in Fortnite. We did the Galaxy skin back in twenty eighteen, which was I think one of the earlier kind of brand moves into um, into into that Fortnite space with. With
1: Epic. Yeah, so so uh, interesting. They are kind of the use cases and the evidence of of what this uh, you know new future can be like, and and there's loads of cool stuff is happening and has happened there. So it's it's not like uh, the Metaverse is just in theory in, in the future. Like these uh, these things have happened and have been really successful, which is is cool. And maybe you could just give us a sense of the scale of sort of opportunity here for brands, both big and small. Kind of why the Metaverse and this this shift that's happening, and we've talked about a lot on on the show, is more than just kind of a new tech trend or it might be speculative in, in parts, but it's more of a fundamental change and probably will, well, will likely change how we all sort of interact with our favourite brands as consumers and as audience members and stuff as well. So yeah, maybe you could just sort of paint the picture of from your side, sort of the scale of this opportunity.
0: Yeah, from my side, there's a couple of real paradigm shifts that have happened, you know, fundamental changes that you can't really argue with. And if you look at Gen A and late Gen Z, the way that they are experiencing the internet is fundamentally different. And I think it's kind of hard for us to understand it you know, myself as, I, I don't know, like a Gen X or late millennial, sometimes hard to understand because we're so hardwired to experience the internet in 2D, like you know, scrolling, and yet this generation coming through it uh, hardwired to experience it in 3D as an immersive internet. And You know, they're socialising there and they're spending there and... Uh, and I don't think we're gonna see a change in that. And it's happened at mass level, right? So Roblox and Fortnite, these platforms prove out that there's kind of a mass understanding or mass interest in in that behavior. And so, you know, brands follow people, you know, the next biggest generation of consumers, those coming through, have just adopted a different attitude or a different way to involve themselves with with the internet and you know they will come through and they will be the big spenders of the future and and so you know brands will have to follow and have to react and so it's you know we're in a point now where it's early on but I think there's fundamental structural change happening we can't pretend that this is a blip or or a kind of a short-term frenzy there is just a, an absolute paradigm shift that has happened and yeah it has to affect affect brands and we're seeing some of those most progressive brands already accepting that and starting to you know carry out experiences but I would say for all brands they need to think about how this change which I think you probably think is part of kind of a bigger Web3 change and um, impacts the way they communicate with audiences you know as those Gen A's become the kind of the future the future big spenders
1: yeah for sure yes yeah, uh, a nice picture that you've painted and that is what's happening isn't it is it? this big fundamental change and in a lot of conversations uh, when I'm speaking to different people and different brands uh, obviously you are all the time as well many of them are really excited and know this kind of big change is coming can kind of sense it and want to be involved in some way but they're also quite unsure about practically kind of how to make their move so you i mentioned a couple of things but what are some of the things that brands should be thinking about when kind of looking at entering the metaverse whether they're a big global brand or maybe even a small business you know thinking about this space
0: yeah I think the number one thing is start to understand the space. You know, this operates in a very, very different way. So the most important thing is to get in there, experience it, understand how it works. Rather like gaming 10 years ago, when brands started to come into that space, there was a period where they just didn't quite understand it and thought, oh, it's just another media channel. I'll just put my brand and insert it there and didn't sort of spend the time, or rather those who didn't succeed, didn't spend the time to understand the communities and the dynamics. So the number one thing is to get in there and then look at the benchmarks, look at those brands who are doing things, look how they're, they're kind of testing and learning. And I think that has to be the way forward. It's understand it, start to pilot, start to experiment. Um, and, 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 you know, don't wait. Even if things are kind of evolving fast, you know, don't wait, try and get involved and, and, and see. And then I think that's the first part of it is just to, have a general understanding and then it's sort of work out what value you can offer what part of your brand is I would say cult-like that has a kind of a community following around it and try and bring that into these spaces because you know they're, they're community driven they need people to have a kind of a passion for something some element of your brand so you want to try to unlock what that is so yes yeah, the understanding it's the kind of a value and then realizing how web 3.0 impacts all the different touch points that you have as a brand so you know if you have influencers you have social media your website web 3 is going to augment all of those to try and understand in which ways it'll augment them and how you need to adapt what you do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's well said. And uh, you mentioned about the kind of culture and we'll we'll chat about that in a second. But definitely, I think the brands that have done it well have kind of added something to that culture, right? Or like brought their resources in a way that maybe individuals can't and have kind of given value first before going to sort of try and maybe make money up front without doing the research. So yeah, that's um, interesting. And there's this other conversation that is happening as well around uh, metaverse land, specifically in digital real estate, which is really interesting on its own. How important do you think it is for a brand to have a place in the metaverse and own it with land so they uh, you know, can do what they want in this space rather than appearing you know, in other people's plots of land or, or entering in a different way? Do you think that's really fundamental or do brands not necessarily need to own land or what's your kind of thoughts on that?
0: Uh, it's a really good question. I don't think it's fundamental that you have to have your own land. I think you know if you're if you're going to make a big move inside, that's the that's the future. And, and you know, and we've seen brands do that and be like Adidas and Atari. They've gone in and kind of you know feet first and, and bought land. I think for many brands, it's fine to actually go and rent land for a period of time and have an activation and, and get the reaction. So there, there's not a need to kind of jump in. as more, well, but there is a need to kind of test and learn and try. So you know, I would encourage that before necessarily think the need to make a big play. Whether in ten years' time you have to have your place in the internet quite, sorry, in the metaverse quite quite possibly. But for now, I think, you know, it's still early days and it's and it's fine to kind of jump in and test and see and not necessarily have to make the commitment to buying kind of big plots of land, which of course is it's expensive. It's a big it's a big commitment, right? To go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah. And we're also about that stage where it's not definitely clear who's going to win. So it's, uh, yeah, there's that speculative element. And at some point, there'll be the myspace of the metaverse, I'm sure, where one that maybe people are expecting to win doesn't and all those things I'm sure will play out. So yeah, yeah, we're at this uh, interesting stage. Is there any sort of common mistakes that brands you think are making or sort of misconceptions they have when they're thinking about this space? We talked about, you know, getting immersed in it and understanding the culture um, and all those things. But is there there any other things that a lot of brands aren't thinking about or have specific thoughts about that maybe aren't, aren't right when they're thinking about entering?
0: Yeah, I think one of them is perhaps not seeing the possibilities. Yeah, it's what we see right now. And I guess it's unsurprising is a lot of brands just kind of digital twinning what they offer in the physical world. So I have a shop in the real world. Therefore, I'm just going to open a shop in in a metaverse platform, but actually you're missing the kind of immense possibility that comes with being in a world that defies physics. There are no laws that everything is possible, if you like. And so I think you kind of look at your brand and go, how can I put it on steroids? And then put it into the into the metaverse. And I, you know, often make the comparison that you, yeah, if you're an energy drink in the real world, you can supply rocket packs in the in, in the virtual world. You know, it doesn't have to be the same. And so the error can be sort of limiting the ambition to just being a replication of um, what happens in the in the real world. So I think there's kind of that piece around not seeing the potential. The other one I think is forgetting that this is not a corporate space, it's is a community space. It is driven by communities, it has been built by communities. And so to that end, brands have got to be really careful. In the way they show up, because it wasn't built by brands first, and so what you need to do is get in, and with some, you know, some brands have seen do this really well. I think Andy is a good example, right? They came in, partnered with Board Ape, with G Money, and um, Punk Comics, so they got that community piece and and led with that, led with the community, led rather than leading with the brand. I think that's that's a kind of a critical piece. And the, and the other thing to me is that you've seen um, you know, a number of brands just go in heavy on NFTs. So let's put an NFT out there. Let's kind of see the value created from that. Problem we have now is what I call kind of zombie NFTs or ghost NFTs. We've got all these NFTs set in people's wallets that have got nothing to them because there was no medium to long term plan. And if you think about that over a long period of time, that's kind of a constant reminder in your wallet of what a brand didn't do for you. Yeah, yeah
1: true. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that there's kind of like it's a dangerous play, right? Because that's that's there and that's with you. And yeah, the wallets are only ever going to become more more important. So I think it's that sort of forward planning that's needed. Yeah, we want people to kind of we want brands to come in, right? Because they're going to build this space. So we want to encourage brands to come in and do things and add utility, but also we want to do that with a roadmap at least to the medium term. It's hard to sit here and say for the long term in you know, a ten years time because the space is moving so rapidly. But you want to come in with some kind of medium term plan, which means I understand what value we offer. We're going to make good on that value and um, and also respect the community that already exists
1: there. I think that's spot on it. And uh, yeah, a brand's got to have kind of a, a reason to enter. Obviously, they want a presence, but yeah, it's got to be more than just a, a sort of flash in the, in the pan, because like you say this, if you create an NFT, there's, uh, there's a value ongoing value there that you can add to your user base. Or that's a good point. Like I hadn't thought about it as a reminder that you didn't create value if you, if you haven't thought, you know, months ahead. I love that example you gave as well about Red Bull and what you can do in the, in the physical world. And then, you know, maybe it's jetpacks in the metaverse this is a really cool example. Because I think that is an interesting way for brands probably to think about this is rather than recreating what you do in the physical world or what is the thing about your brand, then you can kind of scale up and make interesting with no rules. Like there's kind of no limits in, in the virtual world, which is, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting point. I think that's, that's really cool. And what are some of the better examples? You mentioned Adidas obviously have done that really well by really understanding the culture and kind of collaborating with people who are part of the NFT scene and also, yeah, have just kind of thought long-term it seems about this. Is there any other examples of, of brand activations that uh, you think they've done really well, or maybe likewise not done so well. Is there there any that you kind of draw on?
0: definitely i think i think there's some really good uh, benchmarks for other brands i think the aussie open activity is a whole package was really really smart and really sophisticated you know they had their piece in decentral hour they recreate the stadium they had the kind of nfts the, the tennis balls that were crazy nfts with kind of an artistic quality but they also had lots of other kind of access benefits and i think the thing to me that was really smart is that uh, i don't know if you kind of saw this but they broke up the core the physical core into uh, into a matrix of squares and your nft ball was connected to one of those squares one of those coordinates on the real court and when winning points landed in your coordinate your NFT got updated with more access more privilege more membership more utility and so I think that whole suite of um, you know, real world virtual world physical world that kind of reality blending I think is a really great example of this world you know, or brands doing it well you know the, the audience they gave value and, and also it was part of a three year plan so you getting involved with that NFT this year is going to unlock you utility coming on into the into the midterm so i just really well considered really well planned out activity that, that'd be my example probably in, in the kind of the decentralized on-chain type of environment if i think of another kind of cultural success would probably be balenciaga in Fortnite. so remember that campaign if you like it's more than the campaign kind of activation from 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 last year and i think where they were really smart is that they understood the world of the game they created balenciaga skins that had a, a kind of a different utility um, and gave you extra benefit within the game you also had then the Balenciaga physical product. You had the physical store experience. You had then the virtual store experience. And also then they took elements, utilising Unreal Engine, into kind of posters that you see out there in the world. I don't know if you remember seeing this kind of really eye-catching image of the Balenciaga. I think it's sort of pop. I'm going to say <laughs> a dog. Uh, the Unreal Engine giving this kind of crazy three-dimensional poster. It kind of flew around the internet. But again, that whole piece they put together that blends that kind of real world, virtual world, and, and brings real value. I think it was really well done and a good kind of sophisticated example of what a brand can do if you understand the audience and you again unlock the power of all of those touch points that you, you, know, you have at your disposal.
1: Yeah, for sure, and and being able to link it back to physical as well is interesting. That um, some brands have done well. So you have your yeah, presence and creative and crazy stuff in this uh, digital, immersive, virtual world, but then also you can also experience that in the physical world in some other way. Maybe those things can link together, and uh, yeah, you start to get you, the scale of all this stuff is is fascinating, isn't it? And you mentioned about the um, open there as well, and the whole idea around gamification, I think is is so interesting, right? Because I think the the physical world via probably AR and when Apple, whenever they do come out with their AR glasses and add this kind of layer of reality to the physical world which will probably be kind of gamified in some way and i'm completely guessing but you could in theory go you know to an apple store and the, and the whole kind of store could come to life and the you know character could speak to you and tell you about everything that's going on sort of in front of your very eyes in the physical world so i, th- I kind of think like that is all going to get gamified and the tennis open example was was quite a cool example around that well and that will also happen in in the virtual world like we're seeing it in these metaverse activations like gamification works really well because it brings people back and gives them a the reason to be there participating kind of with that brand also i'd love to get your thoughts on with web 2 stuff we kind of saw brands becoming almost like commissioners of content a bit so doing stuff on instagram and social media they would come up with ideas and then influencers would do it and they were almost like commissioning this content do you think the whole sort of game mechanics and gamification is going to be really sort of core cool to all this stuff i'm kind of interested to know your thoughts on that
0: yeah i think gamification is really it doesn't sound too lofty at the heart of humanity
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no i know what you mean as you, you, know, you love to
0: play right play is it's just at the heart of what we do. And so anything that can be gamified suddenly becomes more interesting. And so we see, you know, gamification out there in the world and all sorts of things, it's, you know, trying to help us fill out forms, pass exams or whatever it might be. The gamification of, of life, I think is um, just appeals to us as, as humans. So I think, yeah, and, and this is just an extension of it. So, you know, gaming itself has turned into social gaming and I think, you know, our social lives are becoming gamified through metaverse platforms and the metaverse platforms themselves are just sort of games, right? And so I think it's absolutely critical. Like, like it brings us joy as, as, as humans to do that. And now we can do it immersively in a 3D world. And it doesn't have to be around last man standing or you know trying to drive a car faster than someone else. It can be simply going to a gig or going shopping, but it has this gamified sensibility. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's absolutely the heart of what we're doing. I mean, we're building a, an experience right now for Volpac, which is a tech-driven clothing brand. And it's trying to show how you can turn the traditional kind of web shopping experience into some thing that's you know, a deeper or richer experience and we've done that by basically gamifying the product discovery so you know how can you learn about these products in a way that um, has has play involved with it so I think yeah it's uh, you know, that gamification that will only ever stay with us I think
1: yeah I-, I always like to think about the things we'll look back on and they'll feel kind of outdated and maybe boring and kind of scrolling through a 2D fashion page whether that's ASOS or whoever and just sort of you know finding outfits we might like will probably look quite boring in the past when you can go and have this immersive gamified experience and learn you know, about the products that way. I saw Forever 21 did a cool Roblox thing. I don't know if you saw that where they kind of got users to be to create their own store and, and you had to kind of level up. And then there was like installations from influencers in, in the bigger Forever 21 store. And they, although they'd built like a 3D version of the shop, even if you didn't even know about Forever 21, you wanted to go and play it because it just brought you in and you wanted to kind of beat your friends and, and all that stuff was was interesting. Yeah. I think
0: that's where things are going. Because it's, you know, there's the gamified side of it, but there's also, and you mentioned it just now, it's the co-creation you know we've never really been able to co-create with the brand the brands have been there and they're kind of sacrosanct and designed within an inch of their lives and we're there just to sort of reflect and bathe in in, in their perfection and now in this immersive world suddenly you're there able to touch feel move a- and create with the brand and you see that happening organically with people in Roblox creating mcdonald's and creating ikea and they're simply making the brands themselves and so i think what that leads to or it's already started to lead to is an sections by brands that, you, that people want to play with their assets, they want to play with their world. And so you can either choose to rally against that and and, you know, and cease and desist it and say, no, you can't, you can't touch our brand or you can create these rich experiences where you're able to create with the brand. And I think that's really smart because you get closer to the brand by doing that. You feel more part of it. You feel more love and loyalty for it. And I think where that goes after that is that you'll see, I, I believe, people creating new things with brands that will exist first in the virtual world and then will move out of the physical world become physical products and I love that kind of that, that move and that kind of seamless flow from virtual to real which has never been possible before so I I'm, I'm kind of, i can't wait till we're seeing people in Roblox designing sneakers that then become sneakers in the real world I mean I, th- I find that stuff hugely exciting
1: Yeah that's so interesting I'd, I'd not really thought about that stuff as well um, which is fascinating and yeah because user generated content is often amazing because obviously there's so many people and there's so many creative people and sometimes it's, it's more spontaneous and less thought out there's campaigns at, at times depending on what it is obviously but users always create interesting funny stuff so and you saw it with Squid Game right where Roblox people users created kind of versions of the game in their world and it was just yeah it's mad how quickly and, and how reactive people can be as well in the virtual space obviously you can change entire structures and, and whatever you like and you mentioned there a bit about brands kind of having to maybe relinquish a bit of control to a degree over their kind of IP and stuff and in the traditional web to the the internet that we all are familiar with we kind of saw that with sort of influence influencers, um, brands had to trust influencers a bit to speak about their brand and make content about their brands. I remember there was this bit at the beginning being like, brands didn't know whether they wanted to give over the control to these people they didn't necessarily know. Do you think there's another shift coming with Web3 and NFTs where you can kind of build communities and own some of the upside with brands together? They're going to have to think differently in this new space and maybe give away even a little bit more control at times.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, the promise of you know Web3 being at its heart decentralized starts to elude this notion of decentralized brands brands being um, owned by the community. And that's obviously a huge shift and not something you see Nike being given over to the community, but what we might see is sections of those brands that are run by the community in a way that's much deeper and more sophisticated than we might see right now. And I think you made a great parallel that influencers are a kind of, in many ways you are giving part of the brand over when you kind of give it to an influencer, but then um, you know, what the influencer can do has a, has a certain limit. Right. But then when you talk about an immersive, complete world, why not have people building a Nike village themselves and you know builders coming together to create that and then creating their own DAO within that village in the kind of image of Nike. I mean things like that are kind of fascinating to me and, and I think you know we're perhaps a ways from that but the notion of part of your brand being decentralized I think is a really interesting kind of future concept.
1: Yeah for sure and I guess we've started to see it with things like the Artifact Studios Loop Pods these 3D spaces that they've airdropped to Clonex holders and there is Nike branding on it but people are able to skin it in different ways and bring any 3D model in and kind of create this room that is theirs. But, you know, I guess Nike have had to put their branding on that. And so to a degree kind of hand over that anybody could use that room to do anything, which, yeah, um, it's really interesting. I wanted to ask you as well about, you know, often when there's big technological shifts like this, like the metaverse that is being built, it's not always the incumbent brands that win. Quite often it's the kind of native ones that are born out of this new move. So Amazon and Facebook and and the kind of last Web2 move. What sort of metaverse first companies do you think are shaping up to be big winners this time around or have we not seen them all just yet? Um,
0: I think they can take kind of a few different um, from a few different spaces I think you've got the NFT brands right that are coming through so you know Bored Ape is without doubt a sizable brand it's like you know, an NFT maker right there Dapper Labs you know, creators in that space I think those are becoming kind of brands themselves and all you know Invisible Friends all these other ones that are kind of coming through and obviously like we'll see a lot of them disappear but I think that top tier remain and be strong brands that exist beyond kind of virtual spaces I think you've then got the, the platforms themselves so, Decentraland is a brand. I mean, it's what we call a headless brand because you know it's um, run by run by the community. But Sandbox is a brand, Roblox, Fortnite. You know, these are the big brands of this era. And then I think you've got the other brands are the sort of the services which are the marketplaces. So OpenSea, Nifty Gateway, Looks rare and sort of the many the many other ones. The, these are the new brands, and they're all being established by creating a kind of a new utility. Each of them, you know, whether it's a platform utility, whether it's a NFT utility, or some of a marketplace utility those are the new brands uh, you know, whether they can become as big as a web 2 brands i mean there's still a, like an enormous gulf isn't there and just even we talk about a kind of money involved from, from the big web 2 brands to the to what look, we perceive to be the big web 3 brands but yes it, it, in the future if mass adoption comes to decentraland or to sandbox and you think about the numbers involved there and then the spending there's no reason to believe that they couldn't be a future google or a future microsoft you know they would have that capability if the audience and the money comes in and that's the big question right now we have all this promise certainly in the decentralized space of, of these huge audiences but we don't have them just yet. yet the only place where those real numbers exist of course are in epics universe and in roblox and and, and minecraft right now uh, my my sort of feeling is that those centralized platforms are kind of kindergarten for the decentralized ones as you see you know that 10 10 12 13 up to you know, 16 17 year olds getting primed in uh, roblox and in fortnite they will shift into the decentralized spaces and that's when we'll start to see the numbers rise and you know some of them are going to survive and some of them aren't and i guess to some extent it's anyone's cool on which one's going to be successful but i think we'll we'll see we'll see the numbers get there and that's when they will become these kind of mega brands of the future
1: yeah interesting so that was kind of my next question was how you think about the sort of centralized versus decentralized um argument which is obviously a, a massive thing in itself but you kind of answered a lot of it there do you think we'll sit kind of somewhere in the middle and also when you're all speaking to brands and they sometimes might ask i would guess like oh which world should we go into at this stage Or like what sort of stuff are you advising them on? Because obviously, as you say, the numbers are there if they want to do something tomorrow and they want it to be successful and and loads of users, I would assume they'd head towards kind of Fortnite and Roblox doing these kind of one off events there. So I guess it depends on maybe who the brand are and what their plan is. But what sort of conversations do you have when brands ask that question?
0: Yeah, I think what we say is actually the most important thing is to step back a little bit and kind of go, if you believe that the future winning brands will be reality blending brands, which is what we believe, then you have to look at all the technologies that allow for that. And and it's more than just metaverse platforms. Right? Metaverse platforms are one subset of what I would call reality blending technology. So, of course, you've got you know, the Fortnite, the Roblox and Sandbox, Central and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And you've got Oculus and all that stuff. Then you've got like Web AR and Web uh, VR. It's another huge technology. So having, you know, your own Metaverse-like experiences that are part of um, brands' world, so not on a not on a platform. Then you've got social AR and social VR, you know, Snapchat and Instagram. And then you've got NFTs, and NFTs can be connected to you know, wearables in a platform, or they can just be NFTs as membership tokens. So there's a sort of a suite of technologies that allow you to be reality blending. And the question is, which one's the right one to go? So the first point of call isn't necessarily let's get land in central land and start building. It's kind of right. We want to be a reality blending brand. What technologies are available? and what right to the audience we have right now and you know when you think like that i think it sort of raises the question higher up than you know are there enough people in Decentraland right now or are there enough people in sandbox to justify building something now you start thinking about how do you reimagine your brand as one that lives in mixed reality and you know what are the first moves you need to make to do that and some of those first moves are very structural you know they're kind of are we as a business ready to work with crypto i mean that's a kind of a huge structural question that you've got to ask as, as, as a business are we building our products so they're suitable to exist in 3D is another world is another thing so there's, there's lots of kind of questions around getting Web3 ready and back to that earlier question is and, and then for what value are we going to offer what's going to be our kind of the thing that we create and we add to this this world so there's a bunch of kind of strategic questions I guess there's a bunch of operational questions and then there's this acceptance that the reality of is the future and there are a whole suite of technologies that are going to allow us to do that effectively you know before deciding specifically should we go in a centralized world or should we go in decentralized world or should we specifically go into this platform or that platform
1: yeah that's a really nice framework to think about it all isn't it because i think it's nice to break it down with those different decisions to make and and then that kind of helps it uh, get clearer for a brand of, of possibly where they should uh, go and do you think that's the same for big global brands as it is for if you're a small business or you're an individual who likes this space i like, would you, do you would you have a different strategy for a, a small business wanting to, to do something or is it yeah how do you think about that it's an
0: interesting one because we're mostly working with medium to large size businesses so for, for a small business if probably depends very much on what space that you're in if you're in fashion uh, you know which is one of the great use cases for the metaverse because of avatars and identity then you know you may decide to commit to one specific platform straight away because that's where you're going to build your audience and your community and you're going to be in there for the you know the mid the mid to the long term so you can start small in that space and um, become um, or make the decision to actually be a metaverse first brand potentially which is a business decision we never had two years ago you know do I launch? Do I launch in the real world or do I launch in the virtual world? You, you know, two years ago, arguably you couldn't do that. Now you can. Now that's a fundamental business question to ask yourself, which is kind of fascinating.
1: Yeah, big questions for sure. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Okay, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you just about RGA as, as well. And, and is there anything you can um, talk to us about that you're working on right now? Or is it a lot of it kind of uh, secret and stuff at the minute or yeah? Yeah, um... I think I
0: can tell you, I think the most exciting project that I sort of mentioned a little bit earlier is um, for Volpac. So Volpac's a tech-driven clothing brand based in London and they're launching a Mars jacket as one of their as one of their product lines. And so we kind of advised them to experiment in Decentraland and see if that might be a way to bring that product to life. And, and ma- mostly because if you have a Mars jacket, you, know, you can't take people to Mars in the real world, but in Decentraland, you can take, you can take them to Mars and, and create that kind of rich, rich experience. So we kind of created a pilot for them back at the end of last year where we hid the store in one of the 90,000 plots in Decentraland and then invited their kind of uh, fans to go and try and find it. It's pretty cool actually because in 24 hours they'd create a subreddit and they'd manage to work out where it was. (laughs) She <laughs> kind of tells me something about, uh, about that crew. Uh, they found it and we rewarded the first three people in there with um, the physical product. So we took kind of the excitement around that and the interest is of affirmation that people wanted more. So we're in the middle of building out a much richer experience. Um, I think we've taken a, a one-by-one plot and we're kind of pushing that 16 square meters to its absolute limit, which has been a really interesting creative constraint. But we're, um, we're, we're going to launch that pretty much at the start of April and it'll be a pretty rich experience where you'll be able to buy physical product and virtual product which will have kind of long-term utility so yeah, yeah back in April go go in and, and check that out
1: awesome yeah oh yeah we will have to uh, uh, send us that when when it's ready to go and I'll uh, make sure I post out awesome yeah well thank you so much that's so fascinating so much great insight uh, just how you think about all these these things is, is, is really uh, interesting so thank you so much for coming on and, and where can we send people if there's people listening who uh, maybe want to chat to you or sort of hit up RGA where, where can we send people to follow you and find out about all the awesome work you're doing
0: yeah absolutely you can um, see all our work on rga.com so just jump on there and you'll, you'll see kind of a lot of their projects and then um, if you want to reach out to me not the most exciting platform but LinkedIn Nicholas Pringle on LinkedIn is the, is the, is the best place to find me and I'm um, happy to chat with anyone.
1: Yeah I wonder if LinkedIn will ever go into VR I don't know I Don't know whether it needs to or, or not already but, but no very cool yeah good thank you so much uh, yeah thanks for coming on really appreciate it. Pleasure thank you. So there we go what did you make of that chat with Nicholas Pringle at RGA London I thought he was awesome at just painting the picture of how brands should think about getting into this world and some, uh, yeah, really interesting conversations in that episode. So Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Nick, for coming on. Uh, Thank you to Every Realm as well for sponsoring the show. Make sure you follow them at Every Realm on Twitter and everyrealm.com. Also do reach out and say hello. Love chatting to you on Twitter, finding out about what you're working on, what you're up to in this space. Uh, It's at Metaverse Luke if you want to say hello there. And you can check out metaverseluke.substack.com if you want to see the NFT drops that I am watching closely. Have a brilliant rest of your week. Thank you for your support and I will see you for the next episode sold